Welcome to Under the Brim. This is actually our second episode. Then in Under the Brim, we're going to talk about the mindset and motivation of the athlete under the brim. We're going to compare rodeo athletes and traditional sport athletes and talk about the preparation, training, competition, and performance that it takes to compete in their sport and find out what does it really take to compete at the collegiate level. I'm Dr. Shanna Moody, a professor of kinesiology. Um, I am a um, exercise physiologist. I call myself a um, athlete wannabe because I always tried to play sports, but I was really never good at them. So now I have phrased, um, coined the phrase fitlete. It's kind of how I describe myself now. I'm pretty fit, but I'm not really athletic. Um, and I actually never competed in a rodeo, but um, by the grace of God, I raised a rodeo cowboy and have had to learn right along with him. And so this podcast has given me the opportunity to really marry those two things together, you know, the way that I grew up and then watching him grow up and just some ideas that I've always been curious about. And so sitting down to talk to you two athletes that we have here at Silver Ross State University. We have Hannah Martin, who competes in Breakaway for the Silver Ross Rodeo team. And we have Alexis Carmesino, who competes for the women's basketball team here at Silver Ross. Welcome, ladies. Hello. Hello. Alexis, right before we went on air, we were talking about your name. You say your name. Carmesino. Um, so I've come to some of the college games and I love it. We have a really awesome announcer here and it's so cool when he says your name um, because I don't know what it is about your name, but he can just really roll it out. And he's mm-hmm. like, Karma Sino. And it just sounds so cool going yeah, over the loudspeaker. Mm-hmm. So does it give you like a good energy when you walk in and hear that name? Yeah, sometimes it does. Like, but honestly, like when I'm playing, I really don't even hear it. Okay, well that was actually right. going to be my next question. Uh-huh. Yeah, during the middle of the game, do you hear it at no. all? No. no. Do you hear the coach, the fans, anything? I hear the fans. We have a pretty good fan base, like when all the teams comes and, su- comes and support us. Uh, it's hard to hear the coach sometimes. So she ha- like, she'll speak up. Like y- She'll yell at us, but she's not really yelling at us. She just has to project a loud voice, you know what I'm saying, during yeah. the huddle and stuff. But we do get a good crowd base. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hannah, what about you? Like I know from watching my son and sitting in a lot of, spending a lot of time in the bleachers at rodeos that the announcers are awesome. They have really good information. They try to make it fun. They have really cool voices. And when y'all are back, backing in the box, they will tell all kinds of information about you or they'll like make it really intense telling what you have to do on your run and what's leading, what it's going to take for you to t- make the lead. So do you hear any of that when you're backing in the box? Um, no, I don't because I wear AirPods. I wear noise canceling AirPods, so I. Oh, can't you even wear them while you rope? Yeah. Oh wow. Because okay. my heart rate gets to go in ninety miles an hour, and it gets pretty crazy. And I feel like the best way for me to kind of concentrate all of that energy into forward motion and focus is to stick some earphones in and let the beat kind of help settle me down just a little bit and kind of hone in on what I'm trying to do. That is so fascinating. I've never heard anybody wear a talk about wearing headphones while they competed in rodeo before. I used to do it in high school all the time, especially like running uh, barrels and poles, poles mainly, because I could find a song that had a good beat that my, would help me weave in and out of the poles on time so that I wouldn't get ahead of my horse or I wouldn't get behind my horse on and uh, going through them. And so it just helped help me stay with my horse a lot better. And we clocked a lot better after I started wearing them. That makes me have so many questions right now because first of all, I'm worried. um, I have tiny baby ears and headphones just do not stay in my ears. So first of all, has it ever fallen out while you're competing? No. Because I would think if it started to fall out or it was loose, that it might distract you in the middle of a run, right? Mm -hmm. But no? No. uh, mm, I've never had that problem, but I have, I always have my hats. I feel like they're kind of extra big so that when I pull them down, it's like 
cover and like right above my eyebrows and it goes like all the way down the back of my head i can't even wear like a little bun on the back because anytime i look up it pushes my hat back to the wrong direction oh wow so my and i tuck my ears underneath my hat so um my earphones are pretty snug and it's not against any rules Mm -mm. and then the coaches don't get on to you nope no nobody's ever gotten on before i'll keep one in or i'll turn it on to like off of uh noise canceling mode transparency mode and my coach will walk over there and tap me on the leg and i'll no, like, can I help you? I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to my music. And he gives me, like, a little thumbs up. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. He's like, all right, go out there and do your job. Okay. And uh, he normally comes and stands in the corner of the box with me just to be there as moral support. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. Can you imagine, can, fat, Alexis, can you even, fat, even fathom, like, trying to wear headphones during a game? I have the same problem with you. They fall out. I don't know what it is. Know. They always fall out when I'm working out, like, always. Yeah, I've decided yeah. I have like deformed ears. Yeah, like right. my left ear for sure, the your headphone is falling out, and then my earlobes I think are fat. They're the opposite. They're not little because my earrings won't stay in. Um, so yeah, I'm constantly distracted. I couldn't do it. But so many students wear them to class too. And then I I'm a noise person. Like I silence freaks me out. So I get wanting to have noise on. So I don't necessarily want to get onto them. But also like I'm like okay, but we have to have class too. So where's the line there? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, I just jumped right into starting to talk about those things because it kind of came up. So let me backtrack a little bit. So Alexis, why don't you introduce yourself better? Tell us, um, you know, how long you've been at Soros, how long you've been on the team, what your role in the team is, and um, a little bit about your life with basketball. Okay. So uh, I'm from Phoenix originally. I've been here for three years. This is going to be my third year. Um, on the uh, My role on the court, I would say is honestly, you know, try to be there for my teammates, like when they need help. Because we have a lot of younger players this year, so I feel like my role is going to be different than last year. You know, just helping everyone out, trying to uh, be a good leader, you know, care for my teammates. I feel like that's going to be my role this year, as opposed to last year when, like, we were we were pretty old last year. Like, like <laughs> you know, like, we were pretty old, so, like, you know, it's going to be different, though. Yeah. It cracks me up when you say old, right? You know right, that when yeah. you say that. Okay. Like, we're, like, old, like, not a lot of freshmen. I think we had, like... Maybe like three freshmen. Yeah. Yeah. So this year we have a lot. I think we have like five. Okay. Yeah. And then do you have a specific position that you play on the court? Honestly, I I can really play anything, but I play like a shooting forward, I would say. Okay. Yeah. So your specialty is offense more mm-hmm. than defense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of lazy on defense, to be honest. Oh, you're not supposed to say that out loud. What if your coach listens? I know. I'm trying to fix that, though. I'm trying to fix it. Okay, maybe we'll edit that part okay. out. Okay. <laughs> No, you're putting in work. That's what you're saying right yeah. now, like, right? You're putting yeah. in the work and the yes. effort in, yes. the, in the off-season right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like ma'am. it. All right. All right, Hannah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I've been going to Sol Ross for, it seems like, forever now. <laughs> um, for This is the start of my fourth year. Um, I am in my master's, first year of my master's program for kinesiology. And uh, I mainly breakaway, goat tie, and team rope. I can head and heel on the team rope inside, but... My preference is sometimes heading because you at least get to throw your rope every time <laughs> versus just having to run down the arena and look pretty. But it's it's a lot of work. I have five horses here, and I tend to them. Um, the college provides uh, stalls, and as long as we keep them clean, they don't charge us for them, which is extremely, extremely nice. Yeah, very generous. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you mentioned something that I would imagine you can relate to, Alexis. So you talked about in team roping, and I know that's not what I brought you in to talk about today, but you brought it up. Um, and I think it's fascinating to compare to basketball. So you talked about like in team roping, if you are the healer, you ride in to the arena, you get all dressed up, you get your horse saddled, you do all the prep work, you have your rope back into the box, you feel the pressure, all the intensity and you're healing and you ride out and your header misses, you've done all of that for nothing. And I would think on the basketball court, same thing, like you've just busted your butt, maybe you made the shot on the offense and then you're working really hard to hustle to get back on defense and right away something happens and you're like, or maybe you're heading down for offense and your teammate gets the ball stolen. Mm -hmm. They don't handle the ball correctly. They get it stolen and you're like, I just hustled to get down for nothing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens, but you know, you just have to have your teammates back and get the ball back, you know? Yeah. So how frustrating is that feeling? Like to do all that for nothing? You know, or not, I guess not nothing, right? I mean, <laughs> but, yeah. but it seems so dramatic, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just hustled and I worked, put all that, all that effort to get prepared. To me, I feel like it's definitely frustrating because y'all are supposed to be a team and they didn't hold up as well as they should have on their end of the yeah. team. And you're kind of left hanging out there on your own and just, da -da 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 -da, <laughs> just riding by. How many times do you get to like do, like, so I'm not familiar with rodeo at yeah. all, but like how many times do you get to go in that arena like and do that specific thing? Like, just once? Do you have, like, one time to do it? It depends on the type of rodeo. Like, some junior rodeos, you get to, like, they'll have two rodeos in one weekend, so mm -hmm. you'll go twice in whatever arena that the rodeo's in that weekend. Okay, and okay. But for specifically for college rodeo, college they rodeos. might drive, like, y'all drove to Portales, which was, what, seven-hour drive? Five and a half. Okay, so drove five and, a, five and a half hours to make one run. And same thing for our team ropers, if the header went out there and missed, the healer drove five and a half hours one way and did all like that work basically do that like yeah i don't know yeah yeah Man. okay that's frustrating see like in basketball you could always like make it up you know because like you're running down the court at least a hundred times for you know <laughs> for a game you know but damn that would be frustrating yeah yeah perfect that's exactly why i wanted to do this interview what mm -hmm. just happened right there that's mm -hmm. exactly why i wanted to do this to compare and see like some of the things that are similar and mm -hmm. some of the things that are different so I want to go back even further. So you gave me a little introduction about what your role is right now, but um, let's go back to you, Alexis. What got you into basketball? Have you always played it? Did you play any other sports growing up? And then you said you were from Phoenix. Phoenix so yes. how did you end up, for those of you that are listening that don't know where Sol Ross is, we are in Alpine, Texas, mm -hmm. which is very far um, west Texas, kind of southwest Texas, almost to the Mexico border. And Out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, literally in the middle of nowhere. I think the best way to gauge, um, kind of to give you a, for anybody that's listening that doesn't know where we are, to gauge, you know, just how remote we are, that we are over an hour from the nearest Walmart. Mm -hmm. And in today's day and time, that's just astronomical. We do not have a Starbucks. We do not have a Waterburger. Like, yeah, we do. The school has a Starbucks. Okay, well, yeah. It's not even Sorry. like a full service. <laughs> hey, but they make coffee, though. Yeah. That counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for, I'm always curious how people ended up here. So backtrack a little bit. Tell me about your sports history and then kind of move us forward to okay. how you got here. Okay, so I actually didn't, like, grow up playing basketball. I grew up playing mm -hmm. soccer and, like, I did swim. And then uh, I think it was around my, like, sixth grade year, they were like, you should just play basketball, you know, because I was, like, one of the tallest ones. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll try it out, you know. And, like, I was actually, like, pretty good at it. And so I literally dropped soccer and I dropped swimming. And I just stuck with basketball all the way through. Oh, wow. And then um, how I ended up here was uh, Katie Novak. She was really cool, man. I liked her. and um, That's the she, former coach. Yes, yes, ma'am. Mm -hmm. And so she uh, 
she brought me here and then um i stayed during the summer and i was like what the actual heck <laughs> this is like phoenix is a huge city like yeah. i've never been in a small town like i never really like been and like texas is like different than phoenix if you get what i'm saying you know like we don't i don't even know if we have rodeo like i've never been to a rodeo i didn't, I didn't even know what rodeo was before i got to here like it's insane. So it's just a big city. <laughs> um, so Hannah and I just gave each other a look because basically in the winter, the uh, rodeo, basically the entire wor rodeo world migrates to part of Arizona because really? it's the better climate for, uh -huh. especially a lot of a lot of, lot of team ropers uh -huh. will migrate to Arizona, kind of I guess the northwest part of Arizona. Right? Is it like Flagstaff? Is that what it's called? What is it called? Um, I know they do have some rodeos in Flagstaff. Flagstaff. Yeah. yeah, but so, there's a. Uh, one website that you can go to and it's a pro rodeo website mm -hmm. and they give you a whole list of all the rodeos that are be going to be going on during the year really and they're constantly adding to them and you know they'll let you know if like this was revised you know change mm -hmm. of a date change of you know entry date mm -hmm. yeah but there's definitely rodeo in arizona really? but anyway I all over. i had but no idea United man States. like i had no idea oh. but that just goes to show how big phoenix mm -hmm. is i mean it is a huge city we've delivered horses there quite a bit wow. i used to do horse transport mm -hmm. and man that is a crazy yeah. big city and so yeah what was the culture shock like coming to it's alpine insane. it's literally insane like in phoenix like i could go anywhere and like i have everything accessible but like here everything closes at like 10 o'clock or 12 you know so like and like i don't know like you know what's the craziest part everything everybody in texas loves whataburger mm -hmm. but in arizona like whataburger is not perceived as good like it's perceived as bad in yeah. and out is the place to go to yeah like, in and out and it crazy. just there's a couple of in and outs in texas but it just never it, took it's off. not the same it's not the same i promise you you were talking about the stores closing earlier i remember when i first moved here i would get up and try to go thinking like walmart hours or even heb hours and try to go grocery shopping and like last night i needed toilet paper at like 10 o'clock at night and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to go to the gas station and buy toilet paper because that's the only thing open at 10 o'clock yeah. at night it was a huge culture shock yeah i would imagine yeah what about you, Hannah? Did you always compete in rodeo? Did you grow up in this world? Um, I kind of grew up in this world. My dad um, did college rodeo uh, when he was attending Tarleton. Okay. And uh, I, I grew up riding horses. They had me on a horse before I could walk, pound around with mom or dad. And so, and I had my first, I guess, like actual sized horse that wasn't like a pony when I was four. And this horse was an absolute babysitter. <laughs> I remember one day that we were fixing to have a fish fry and we were out of tortillas. And apparently my mom had told me she was gonna run to the store and told me to be careful when I was little. And of course there was some other people around, you know, to be able to keep an eye on me, but no one was right, right next to me. And I was pedaling around with my horse and crawling all over him like a little monkey. and. I don't ever remember her telling me that she was gonna go to the store. I just remember seeing her coming back and pulling up and getting out and I was like, where'd you go? <laughs> I did not remember her even telling me she was leaving because I was so wrapped up with climbing and playing around with my big horse. Oh, wow. And she trusted you and the horse enough to mm -hmm. just leave Well, he alone. was 18 years old. I'm not too sure he was gonna do anything. <laughs> yeah, he but you just never know, right? No, you, you just don't. Never know. But he was he was a blessing, yeah. an absolute blessing for us. Cause, it, and it was really hard when we lost him. Yeah. So how old were you when you started competing? Um, by myself or with parents' assistance. Either. 
Um, when I was really little, and I, before I was four, my mom and dad used to get on their horses and what we call pony um, another horse along, and they'd take me through the pattern yeah. on my little horse. And then I finally got old enough when I got my bigger horse to, you know, do it by myself. And we'd sit there and take about 30, 45 seconds to go through the whole bear pattern, which, you know, should only take about 15 <laughs> to 16, yeah. maybe 17 seconds. And, you know, we're out here just trotting around, having a good old time. Yeah. So if you're not familiar, I guess what she was talking about is kind of the equivalent of like coach pitch Little League Baseball or whatever, um, where the parents would lead you through the patterns Mm -hmm. before you could guide and, you know, ride the horse by Mm -hmm. yourself. So I guess it's the rodeo equivalent of coach fit. Yeah. 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 So then were you always eaten up with um, competing or did they have to push you? Was it something they wanted or something you wanted? Um, I would say it was both. I mean, I always wanted to compete. I always thought it was fun. But it never really mattered to me if I won or not. I just wanted to go hang out and have fun and go, you know, make a few runs. And um, when I finally got into about middle school, it finally, when they have all the year-end awards and stuff, and it was hard because, you know, I would try, but I wasn't the best at it. And so whenever you'd get, you know, your first prize gets a saddle and a buckle, second prize gets like a breast collar for your horse, third place gets like a saddle pad or a head stall and I'm down here fifth sixth seventh maybe not even on the board just sitting there just crying as a little kid because I didn't I wouldn't I wasn't good enough to make it and uh, my sixth grade seventh grade year finally dad started pushing me really hard because he knew I wanted to I just kind of stubborn (laughs) <laughs> and it needs a strong hand guidance. You're stubborn. No. I need a strong guidance hand sometimes. <laughs> and uh, he pushed, and we butted heads a lot. But in the end, I ended up winning our year-end um, roping champion for girls roping for the breakaway, and then we have ribbon roping. Mm-hmm. And I also won our goat tine saddle and then went on to win our – all-around saddle. So I took home three saddles and five buckles that next year. Okay. So when it finally clicked, it clicked. It clicked. Yeah. So, Alexis, you mentioned that you used st- – sorry, let me go back. Hannah, did you play any other sports besides radio? Like, did you try some other sports? I didn't really care for sports because okay. it had a lot of running in it. <laughs> I don't run very well. I look yeah. like a – I don't I mean, like a penguin trying to run. <laughs> and, Alexis, you mentioned swimming, and I could totally see you being a swimmer now that you said that. I bet you were good. Yeah, no, I was actually really good at swimming. Yeah. yeah I was really good. But you still picked basketball. Mm-hmm. So what did it come to the point where you just felt like you had to pick one sport, you couldn't do multiple well, sports? Well, yeah, because in high school, uh, well, like in Phoenix, uh, soccer and basketball are at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't play either or. But swimming was like uh, the first season. But I just was like, I'm just going to stick to basketball because basketball is kind of like a year-round sport. You know, you have preseason, then you have your season, and then you have, like, postseason. And, like, it's pretty competitive, like, all year round, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard. Yeah, I basically, like, kind of had to choose one kind of. So that's another similarity that rodeo, like, because you can compete in different associations and at different levels, there's really never an off-season. You're always in season. So, yeah, yeah, basketball has become that way, too. So once you figured out that basketball was your thing, were you instantly competitive? Mm -hmm. Did you always take it seriously? Yeah, I'm always competitive. I hate losing, man. (laughs) Even, like, for practice, like, I I can't, like, I'll be mad because I lost, like, for, like, a practice show. Like, it's insane. So are you a bad loser? 
oh no i'm not a bad loser like i'll just make sure i win the next drill or something like okay. you know what about you hannah are you a bad loser um i try not to be because <laughs> i've seen a lot of kids who have had issues with keeping themselves composed and mm-hmm. i look at my dad and i'm thinking man that's embarrassing <laughs> and yeah. i don't want to be you know that one kid who can't you know handle themselves when they're winning and, ha- and especially handle themselves when they've had a bad day yeah and that's one thing that my dad has instilled in me is to be a good loser mm-hmm. and um, last weekend was one of those weekends i didn't have any luck but my teammates did good and so i stayed for the short round and cheered them on awesome. even though i didn't do any good but that's okay yeah i think in rodeo it's tougher in my opinion, and you can tell, Alexis, you correct me if I'm wrong, um, you have to really walk that fine line between being a good winner and a good loser, and you really have to be extra cautious, because I think when animals are involved, people are so, like you saw what happened recently with the big horse race thing, where the the horse won the race and then was biting another horse, and people were so mad about that. Did y'all see that? No. Oh, okay. Well, so people were, this horse won, you know, like it was a super awesome horse race. And then afterwards, the horse was very overly excited, agitated, and went to bite at another horse. And the horse trainer was being stern with him. And people were, it was just caused this immediate rift between social media, you know, how we are on social media now, right? Like some people were like, that horse shouldn't have been doing that. And some people were like, that trainer shouldn't have been so mean to him. And so I think with the animals involved, you have to be so cautious, right? Like um, we've all seen in the rodeo world, athletes who take out their frustrations on their animals or either their horse or the livestock that they're competing on. Um, And you have to be, you know, like that's one of those things I think that the rodeo parents are so overly assertive about, right? Like you can't show it in the arena. You have to wait until you get outside the arena, but then you still have to be careful because you never know who's watching. And nowadays with everybody having a phone and a video camera, you never know what's getting caught on tape or video. Um, Have you experienced any of that? Like having to worry for yourself, like, okay, I have to be careful because I don't know who's watching or how I'm reacting. I have to moderate my reaction to make sure. Um, I don't feel like I have because most of the time I, I do try to maintain a certain level of like discipline that I try not to go past with any of my horses so that even in public view it doesn't look as bad I mean it looks stern as a correction as it should be but it's not overdone yeah um and so I guess like in calf roping for example like you could say that there's the equivalent of a technical um because if you are too rough like if you do anything with the calf after you tie it like people throw their calves over you know like after they tie their legs if they flip them they can get flagged out for that um so that would be like an ascent the equivalent of like a technical just mm-hmm. to kind of give you an idea so have you ever been flagged out for a technical uh, like call have you ever got a tech called on you oh yes multiple. what did you do I just like what were you doing to get the tech? And then just, what did like, you do after you had them? Mouth, I just like mouth off to the refs, honestly. Like when <laughs> they make a, yeah, when they make a bad call, I'm like, like bro, like how? So and then usually like coach will sit me out and be like, don't do that, and then, and then she'll just throw me right back in. And then after that, after I get that tech called, I'm usually like, I won't say a word, you know, like to the refs. But like I kind of test my limits to see like what the refs can take and what they can't take. Yeah. Some of them like. Some of them will, like, be cool with you. They'll be like, all right, I I see that. I see what you're saying. Like, I'll call it the next time. But others are like, stop talking. Like, don't say that. You're going to get a technical. And I'm like, okay. So it just depends on what ref you have. Have you ever been mouthy at a rodeo? Only to my dad. (laughs) Yeah. Is he he your coach? Like, well, was he your coach? Like, 
Growing up, yes. Yes, okay. How was, was that? Much. <laughs> I can't even imagine, man. Um, it was, it was great bonding mm-hmm. because um, my dad, uh, we own a concrete company, and so oh, okay. he was traveling most of the during the day, and after school, I'd go and stay with my mom and her, and I would get to hang out, and then after that, we'd go home. I'd change, and it's me and dad's time. Okay. And so, but it was, it's, it's always been a little stressful, but if anybody can get me to do anything, it's him. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That's cool. That's cool. In rodeo, it feels like your family is your team because you're, they're your teammates. They're turning out calves for you. They're untying them. They're loading the chutes. They're helping with your horse. They're coaching you. They're videoing you. They're, you know, giving you tips, all that stuff. Right. And then they're traveling with you. So essentially your family is your team. Um, did you and your dad ever have any like knockdown dragouts in the practice pen? And did your mom come out there too? Um, mom's always been out there, and she's she's the one who like when dad and I get into it pretty heated, and she's like, okay, okay, you you go get back on your horse and go make another run, and she takes that over. It's like calm down, <laughs> don't get so frustrated with her, and, and you know he's over there. Yeah. And I could hear him walk as I was walking back up to the front end of the arena. But I wouldn't necessarily call them a team because they are your support system. Yeah. Because they're going to be there when no one else is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're family. They're going to be there. They're going to help you. They're going to have your back. And they're going to push you. And they're going to push your buttons. Mm-hmm. But it's also that you can get better. Yeah. I know it was a fine line in my household. Like there would be days when my son and his dad would be, it would be so aggressive at the arena. Like I just would have to walk away. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to be in the house. Y'all let me know when it's over and it's safe to come back outside. I'm not coming back out if y'all are going to be like this because I can't be part of this. Um, And then because you're the, you kind of have to find a way to be a parent in one part of your life. It's like you have to be two different people. You have to be a coach and then you have to turn that coach hat off and, or take the coach hat off and put the mom hat back on, right? So were your parents, Alexis, very involved in your basketball? Like, yeah. did they? Well, like, I, my dad wasn't my coach, but, like, he knew a lot about basketball. So, you know, he would tell me what I was doing good and what I was, like, doing bad. But, like, my mom was always just there to support, you know. Like, she, she's not too familiar with basketball. So even if I have, like, a bad game, she'll be like, you did so great. Did you, <laughs> it up, you know, but, like, she's always there supporting me no matter, like, if I have a bad game or if I have a great game, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, my or- dad will definitely tell me if I did something wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. Did they play sports? Yeah, my dad did. He played uh, high school football, and then my mom ran track. But, like, my mom is not athletic, I would say. So they were at all your basketball games, though? Yeah, yeah. Were they the loud bleacher parents or no? My dad is the loud bleacher parent, but yeah. my mom is, like, super chill. Like, is she, like, tugging on your dad, like, sit down? No, no, they sit at opposite ends. Oh, they don't sit together? Yeah, no, she they knows. sit at opposite ends. She knows better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what about your parents, Hannah? Did they rodeo? Um, my dad did. Okay. Um, my mom did not. She grew up on the racetrack. Okay. My grandpa is a jockey. Okay. So she'd been around horses, just not the rodeo world yes, as much. Yes, Okay. And I'm not sure that he weighs more than 25 pounds soaking wet. Oh, <laughs> tiny <laughs> little grandpa. He's a big old, he's a, he's a scrawny man. <laughs> Don't they have to be though? Like the people that mm-hmm. ride the horses, they, right? It's funny because they, they want him under a certain weight. And he was talking last year sometime and saying that you know if i just drop 15 pounds i'd be back to riding weight and we're like no you don't need to drop any more weight you're skinny enough as it is old man see we have that we have like rate like race like racing horses we have mm-hmm. that like there's one right next to my house that's the only type of horse stuff yeah. I know. yeah yeah 
Yeah, but my mom's the the one who she videos, and if something happens in the video, she goes <gasps> and like jerks the camera. If any, and you're like, come on, woman, can you video instead of watching? Or she'll video and. The camera will slowly go down, and you'll start seeing her feet in her lap <laughs> because she's watching instead of video. So do they still watch you a lot? Like, are they loud in the bleachers? What are they like as your fans? Um, my dad can be, but okay. he's not hard for me to hear because I grew up hearing him. I mean, I could have earphones in and not have them up super loud and still hear him hollering at me. Yeah. And I'm down at the back end of the arena, and yeah. I can still hear him, but not anybody else. I can hear him, though. I can totally sympathize with the story you just told about your mom being a rodeo mom as well, like and having to spend a lot of time doing videoing. It's a, definitely a skill that you have to develop. <laughs> there is a technique to getting the perfect video run, the rodeo run, the perfect um, angle. Yeah. Well, and also I learned really quickly that like at times my son would rewatch the videos like twenty times in a row, and mm-hmm. if I made a noise or talked. I had to hear my own voice and I was like, oh no, that's oh, yeah. awful. So I quit. I like got to where I do not speak at all when I am videoing for sure. And like, I even had to teach that lesson to my mom. Like if my mom is sitting next to me, my son's grandmother, I'm like, shh. And she knows like, oh, sorry, don't talk. That's it's funny. like a thing. Do, so is that a thing in basketball? Do you video runs? Um, I, mean, games? I mean, yeah, we do. But like, we usually have like, now you have the college. Yeah. Or, but like before we would have like our manager, like our team manager, like okay. on a little thing. So it's yeah. not a family thing. Yeah, it's not a family You're thing. You're not yet. sitting in the backseat of the car with your parents talking no. over the videos. No, no, no. So then what about like the ride home after a basketball game? Like when you were younger, did you ride the bus home or did you ride home with your parents? Uh, it depends. If it was like for club, because you know what club is? Yeah. Like, okay, so we have a club and then like, but high school we would have to ride back. But for club, we would just ride with our parents and stuff. So what were those rides like when you were riding with your parents if you had a bad game if i uh we were just quiet nobody spoke (laughs) yeah no one spoke we were just quiet we were just quiet what about if you had a good game we were all like talking you know having a good time and then like what do you want for dinner i (laughs) I got to choose every time we did a good game every time i had a good game what about you hannah what's it like riding home with your parents after a bad rodeo um a lot of yes sirs and nodding (laughs) your head while dad's talking to you about the stupid little thing that you did that fouled up your whole run. Um, but it was always constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. And then after he was done, it'd get quiet, and he'd get tired of it being quiet long enough, and he'd either start up another conversation, and there was a lot more yes sirs, or <laughs> he would turn on some rock music and turn it up as long as he could. <laughs> and you're sitting over there plugging your ears on the side and trying to like not be rude, but it's like blaring in your ears and I don't want to go deaf. <laughs> so was the criticism ever too soon or were you like, okay, but can we just wait? Like I need a minute or was it like, okay, let's get this over with now and then I can get it out of my system. It depended on what the uh, problem was with the run. Okay. Um, like there's some runs that like, you know what you did and you don't feel like you necessarily need someone to point out what you did wrong. Those are the ones I'm like, can you just give me like five minutes to like be mad at myself and then I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. And then other runs, you know, yeah, where I don't know what I did wrong. And I, I look forward to the, the, the point out of what happened because I don't physically know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at my house, we have a five minute rule. And so if it was really bad and my son wants to be 
pissed off or upset or whatever and it's extended beyond rodeo now now it's just life especially as a college student i'm like he called me yesterday i was like okay you clearly haven't taken your five minutes yet and now it's not a literal five minutes but right like you need your cooling off period to feel all your feelings like i want you to feel everything if you want to go punch something if you want to go scream if you need to go cry if you need to do whatever you do you feel it all get it out of your system but then when you come back to me now we're ready to decide what we're going to do next. Like, are we going to have a conversation? Yeah. Like, but are we going to build on this? Are we going to let it hold us down? What are we going to do next? Right. So then how has that shifted as you've now you're in college? So what is it like after a bad performance, like in the, on the basketball team, if y'all lose a game and it's mm-hmm. a really frustrating, like bad game, mm-hmm. what's the bus ride like coming home? Um, well, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm just, let's just say what if, right? Like, y'all don't have those, right? Right, right. So good. We don't have bad games. (laughs) No. So like if we'll just all be quiet, man, like we just won't talk to each other. We'll get our food to go and then we just eat on the bus and then we just get back to Alpine. (laughs) Like no words are said, like, and it's known, like, don't be loud after we lost, you know what I'm, after we lost. But is it ever, does anybody ever just vent and let out their frustration or yell? Like, I mean, maybe you, it's your fault, Alexis. You did it. No, no, we'll never do that. We'll never do that. No. But like, I mean, maybe like, I don't know, we'll have like conversations between like, you know, with another person, like, you know, I did so bad today or, you know, this is what we need to work on. But it's never like, we're like yelling at each other like oh you messed this up for us like we'll never do that do you is there ever conversations about like it was the refs or it was the coach oh for sure yes <laughs> yes i mean even though even though it's probably not but like during that time you know like if the ref made like a game like deciding call you're like oh it's the ref's fault but at the end of the day it's the team's fault you know it's every like everyone on the team's fault you know yeah what about coming home? So you're di- in a different position. So I don't know if you, how much you know about the way that the rodeo team travels, Alexis, but they are, they are independently, tra- they travel independently. Wow, really? So there's no coach to drive a bus for them, and they are responsible for getting their own animals there if they are timed event competitors and Jeez. have to haul a horse. And they have to pay for their, all their own fuel. They have to pay for all their own food, and they have to pay for where they stay if they're staying overnight. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Wow. And then they pay entry fees to compete. So, wow. The difference is that if they win, they win money. Oh, okay. But again, at the college rodeos, there's what, over 400, usually over 400 entries, I believe is the numbers that I'm hearing. Um, And I think last I heard there was like over 100 and usually in each event, in Mm -hmm. some events. Um, So only six to 10 of those are getting money, you know. So the chances of getting money are it's competitive. It's really, really competitive. So who do, do you have anybody that you travel with this this year, Hannah? And then what are those trips home like? Especially if one of you won and one of you lost, what's that like? You said you, st- you didn't do good last weekend and the people you stayed to watch did. So what's that like? Did you travel with them? No. Okay. Did you travel uh, by yourself? Yeah. I, well, I... I found a traveling partner that's a freshman, and he is a rough stock rider. Okay. And he was wanting to stay and watch because one of the other rough stock riders had made it back, and he was wanting to watch them and hang out with some other friends that were uh, at that college rodeo from Oregon, where Mm -hmm. he came down from. So he was wanting to hang out with some hometown friends and stuff. And it's his first college rodeo, so Mm -hmm. he probably wants to get the full experience and see what to expect at a short He got the full experience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he he only missed the short round by, I think one or two holes. Okay, and which that's, so some potential there, yeah. Yeah, we were we were all I, well, I, I don't know about nobody else, but I was pretty proud of him. You know, <laughs> coming in as a freshman and you know almost darn sure making the short round. That's pretty good. Yeah, because a short round for a freshman is not easy. 
for sure. The short round isn't Especially easy for anybody. at your very first rodeo. Yeah. And um, so, what was the trip home like? Um. Well, he stayed out a little too late and didn't get <laughs> into like five o'clock. Just hanging out and catching up with all of his buddies, and so he got to sleep in the trailer while I drove for the first half of the the trip. And then he, I got, I get a phone call from him saying, "Can you let me out of the trailer now?" <laughs> So, so the trailer has a living quarters, kind is. of like an RV type thing. Okay. So he's not in the in the thing okay. with the horse. <laughs> no, it's got. Um, so it has a living thing, and then it's got like a, horse a mini apartment yeah. in it. Oh, okay, that's like cool. you've got a bed, a couch, a sink, a bathroom. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. and that's where and that's where you guys stay mm-hmm. instead of paying for hotels. Okay. Some of us do. It dip, the nicer trailers do. Some of the other trailers, um, they have a lot smaller living quarters mm-hmm. in them with not like not a toilet, not a shower. Mm-hmm. They have a sink in there, mm-hmm. um, but and their stock trailer, which is uh, easier for them to haul more horses. Mm-hmm. I can only haul three to four horses, depending on how much feed I'm gonna need. Mm-hmm. And what kind of truck do you drive? Right, because I'm assuming that pulls a truck. I like, drive a one-ton flatbed truck. I don't even know what that is, honestly. <laughs> a big truck. A big truck. Wow. <laughs> Most of them the drive dual wheel trucks. Dual? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what do you, so I'm curious, like, so hearing her get to talk about, like, riding on the bus and getting the school to feed her, and then you hearing them about, like, they have to pay their own way, but they have the chance to win money, and they get to go out and party and stay, you know, like, they all are, it's uh-huh. sort of like camping, right? Going, like, it's almost like going to a music festival is what I would liken it to. You're kind of a carny, right? It's like glorified camping. It's like Woodstock, sort of, at these college rodeos. Because, you know, college rodeos are very infamous for being all about, more about the party than about the rodeo. Um, I Some actually, of them are, yes. Yeah. And actually, one, is one, one of the reasons I didn't want my son to college rodeo, I was like, it's really about the party. It's less about the rodeo. So is it really necessary? So would y'all trade with each other? Maybe just for a day, just to experience, like, yeah, that parent swap kind of thing? Nope. Yes, I would. You don't want to let somebody else... You, you can come with me. You don't want to okay. let somebody else drive you and feed you and pay for everything for you? No. Really? You get everything paid for, man. Like, everything. Uh, well, okay, like, clearly if we want to go into the store and grab snacks, like, that's on us. But, like, we get breakfast, lunch, dinner, our hotel paid for, and then, yeah, that's not it. But would you take that over being able to cook your favorite meal every weekend? No. I would take you. I would take what you have, yeah. yeah. Well, and they get to control their schedule a little bit more, too. So if they decide they want to, they don't want to, if they didn't make the short round and they don't want to stay, they don't have mm-hmm. to stay till the end, right? right. And they are, don't have to be gone as long as y'all mm-hmm. sometimes have to be gone. Yeah. So it's some give and take, right? But it's right. definitely something to consider, mm-hmm. like, huh, I would definitely how the other half out. lives. Yeah, I would definitely try it well, out. You're more I than think. welcome to come. <laughs> Maybe you. we should do one of those reality shows. You know how they do, like, wife swap? <laughs> Maybe yeah. we could do, like, an athlete swap. Athlete swap? Yeah. <laughs> I, I promise I would be no help to the team number one i don't know diddly squat about basketball number two i'd be passed out over on the sidelines because i was out of breath <laughs> i don't know how to ride anything so like any type of animal it's okay that, that's not a problem so maybe we spend a day teaching each other before you swap yeah, right yeah that'd be, a, that'd be a better idea so speaking of that there was one topic that i really was curious to talk to you about and that's one of the reasons that i paired up basketball with breakaway and i was thinking about that like that key moment you know we all hear about Michael Jordan about how many times that he had the ball in the last few seconds of the game and the pressure was on and he knew that he had to make the you know the shot to win the game and I really thought about that with basketball like and you're a shooter you do you want the ball when it's in your hands and you know with breakaway it's so fast and there's so much pressure and especially like 
going in, if you're backing in the box and you've seen all the girls go in front of you and you know what the times are that you have to beat, it's kind of the same thing as knowing the countdown on the clock at a basketball game in the last few seconds. You know, you know the pressure's on. So I want to hear a little bit about like what's going through your mind in those moments, like the last few seconds, what it's like. Do you want the ball? Are you like craving it? Like I have to have the ball. I know that I can do this. Um, and then like when you back in the box and you know like, okay, I've got to go be one six to win, which is smoking fast in a breakaway run. Like what's that pressure like? Do you want that pressure or do you want to be the one who sets the pace before everybody else goes? You can go. Um, I have two different cases where I've set the pace and then had to try to beat the pace. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in high school radio and we were at our finals. And one of the girls, Kenna McNeil, she went out there and was a 186. I mean, had a beautiful run. I mean, I didn't think it got much better, much better than that. And some of the guys that um, we, I've grown up with were like, hey, what are you going to do? Like, you think you're going to beat that? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to try. I said, I'm going to go out there and do the best that I can do. And if I beat her, then... I did, and if not, she just had better luck than I did because that was a great run. Do you ever approach that situation and think, I'm not going to beat it, I'll just take second place? Or do you always still go in with the mindset that you could beat her? I always go in with the mindset of I could beat that. Oh, I like it. I like it. And then the another time we were at the San Antonio Stock Show. Wait, wait, wait. you got to go back. What happened? You didn't oh. tell us. <laughs> you can't leave us hanging like that. <laughs> um so it became my turn, and I was the second to last girl out, and I went out there and was a 184. Oh, dang. What did the girl after you do? Um, she didn't do any good. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Because that's the even killer, right? Like, so you beat it, and then you still got to wait one more person to go. You're just sitting there like, oh. Well, that's like you make the shot, and you think you're winning, and they have like two seconds, right, right. and they get the ball. But, I mean, you know, you kind of know who can shoot and who can't. Mm-hmm. You kind of know... <laughs> Who has the better odds of catching that versus who doesn't? So did you have big nerves going into that situation? Or no. was there no pressure because you were like, it's already been fast. Like, this is... I mean, I, w- I was pretty uh, confident that I was going to catch. But it was a question of how fast was it going to end up being. Did you change anything about your game plan or the way you roped or anything about the way you d- what you did? No, I may have pulled my horse a little bit harder to stop. But that's about all because I was like, okay, stop, whoa, 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 back up. We gotta yeah. get it. We gotta stop the clock. <laughs> yeah. So does that make? So she throws her rope to get the loop around the calf's neck, uh-huh. and it's attached to her saddle horn, and so with the a string. Cr- yeah, with like a really light string. Uh-huh. And as soon as the calf gets far enough away, it breaks the string off the saddle horn. Okay. And so um, that's when the time stops. That's with oh, okay. the, how they measure how fast the run mm-hmm. is. So she's trying to get her horse to stop faster so that it breaks off faster. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. Um, then I was at the San Antonio Stock Show and Junior Rodeo my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And I was a sick girl out and I set the pace for the rodeo and ended up winning a, one of my scholarships that I currently have with them, and I... That's a big deal. That's a $10,000 scholarship. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, I had to wait through 62 girls. What was that like? What did you do just sitting there? Well, did you bite your fingernails? Did you eat french fries? Like, what yeah. do you do for 60 runs? Yeah, well, you know, if someone has a better run, and it's a better run, that's a good run. But is it sort of like 
eat at your gut a little bit? Like every time somebody makes the throw and you're like, oh, don't beat me, don't beat me, don't beat me. Are you hoping they don't beat you or what are you? Well, I mean, I want them to do good because I know how hard it is to be able to do that. But at the same time, like just be a little bit slower. Yeah. Do good, just not better than me. Yeah. (laughs) Not that good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think my dad was more nervous than I was, or like was more like, like tense than I was throughout the whole thing. I mean, he was just sitting there sweating. Oh, yeah. I've definitely been more nervous as a parent of an athlete than I ever was as an athlete. But I wasn't a great athlete, right? So <laughs> that doesn't say much. So which one would you prefer? Um, I'd prefer to set it out and wait. Okay. <clears throat> oh, that just kind of gives me the, like, that makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. It's so nerve-wracking. It is. But at the same time, you've put that much more pressure on everyone else yeah. to try to beat that for that whole rope and you get to walk around with a little more like <laughs> swagger right a little more bow in your chest because you stand you... up a little straighter because you set the pace exactly <laughs> and uh there was there was a few there was a quite a handful of girls who i thought had beat me but announcer said plus 10 <laughs> okay darn that, it for them but thank god for me <laughs> that means they left too soon so they got oh, an okay. added a, time penalty, penalty. Oh, okay so tell me, Alexis, from your perspective, what what are the most high pressure pressure situations that you've been in? Like, have you been in those um, last few seconds to win the game? And what was that like? And, you know, do you crave it? Mm-hmm. I definitely do crave it. So, like, of course, you know, everyone wants to make the winning shot, right? Like, that's such a good feeling. But, like, sometimes it's better to, like, so, like, if you have the ball right on the last second, like, everyone pretty much knows, like, you're going to shoot it. But, like, if I see a teammate that's like wide open I honestly I feel like I would much rather give it to them sometimes because like they're wide open and as opposed Mm -hmm. like I have two or three players guarding me you know what I'm saying but of course like I want the ball at the last second to make the last second shot but like if I see a teammate wide open and I have two or three players on me I'm gonna pass the ball because like that's a better like chance of them making it as opposed to me like having like two or three people guarding me but um so actually last year we were playing the 16th team ranked in the nation for a D3 and um, uh, I made like, we had like 20 seconds left and we were we were tied and it made, uh, I made a three like with like, and we have a shot clock. Do you guys know what a shot clock is? So like we only can have the ball for 30 seconds. And then if not, like we get a shot clock violation and then they get the ball. So there was like 20 seconds left um, in the time, but we had like, I think it was like three seconds left in our shot clock. And I just like shot it. Like I just shot it and I switched to three and that put us up by three. And so there was like, I want to say like 18 seconds left in the game and we were on defense and um, Marley, I don't know. Do you know who Marley is? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So Marley, she like, we were playing really good defense and she got the steal and like the game was over. And like, that was the first time we ever beat ETBU. Like oh, ETBU wow. was like super good. Like they've always been good. They've always gone to the national tournament, always been nationally ranked. And we beat them here. And that was, like, one of the best feelings I've ever had, man. It was such a good feeling. So then what do you do with that feeling? Like, what's your celebration I w- like? I, would, I was just so hyped. Like, I was just, like, I went home, and I was still so excited that, like, I couldn't sit down. Like, I just, like, pace, honestly. That's <laughs> what I do. Like, I pace. Like, we were all so excited. Yeah. Yeah, it was such a good feeling, man. Did you celebrate those two big wins that you talked about, Hannah? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> we went out to whatever restaurant I chose and we celebrate and have yeah. the buffet <laughs> food is our celebration right, and picking yeah. our meals like our and parents know how to my treat dad us got, he was sitting there patting me on the back <laughs> I'm so proud of you that's yeah. hilarious it was just it's such a good feeling I really I really enjoy it so 
So then does yeah. that feeling stay with you long enough to carry over to the next competition? No, not for me. <laughs> Both of you, no. <laughs> no. So what do you do to get, okay, so you've come off this big victory and now is the pressure on, like you have to do it again? Or like, what do you do? Like, how do you transition and prep for the next time that you're gonna compete? Um, I mean, I feel like, well, it definitely gives us a boost of confidence, but like we still have to be working just as hard, if not harder, because everyone's trying to beat us because we just beat them. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like we got to even work harder for me personally. So do you feel like as a team, y'all kind of go into practices that next week a little, mm-hmm. little more effort? Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. Which is weird, right? Because you think, okay, we won. We should be able to take like, it easy, but you never bit. do, no, right? We, no, we really can't. Cause like teams in our conference are so good. Like we, we play in a really, really good conference, like super good. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Like, so you've come off a big win. How do you, what do you do to get ready to go again? Um, like you said, I kind of take a couple of days off to relax and enjoy and let my horses take, you know, recover from everything that we've been doing because we've been pushing so hard mm-hmm. and, you know, take three, four days off and let them relax and then try to get right back to it and try to keep that same mindset of motivation where you were trying to push to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the point of your career, both of you are a couple of years into your college career. What are your, like, what's your motivation now? You've been doing it a while. Maybe you haven't achieved the ultimate success that you want yet. You know that your college time is starting to get closer and closer to the end. So what's your, what's your motivation now? And what's your goal for yourself before you end your college career, college athletic careers at least? Um, I want to get a ring. I do. I really do. Um, so conference, right? Yes, conference. Okay. I do want. I I really feel like we can beat everyone in conference. Like we're good. It's just I don't know. Like we got to put the tools together. Like we have all the tools. Like we just got to put them together. You know. And then um, a goal for me is just to honestly like I just want to be a great teammate. Like honestly, like I feel like you know sometimes I lack that because like I'll say I'm by myself or I'll just be like with my two best buds on the team. But like I really want to like be a great teammate and be everyone's like friend, if you will. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And lead lead us there yeah what do you got um you were really thinking about that one i blanked out on what you had just asked <laughs> was like so crap. i want to know like what are your goals as you you know your collegiate rodeo career is starting to get closer to the end what do you still have left that you want to achieve and how do you stay motivated to achieve that um this is actually my last year okay. of collegiate el- eligibility okay. that's a hard word <laughs> yeah um and a lot of the motivation is that this is my last year in college rodeo and that you know i want to make it to the college national finals and i know i can it's just i've got to get there yeah and we've been working with uh, a young horse and he's stepped up a lot last weekend at our college at the college rodeo in portales and uh which gave me a big boost of confidence especially on him and just gonna keep pushing and trying to work hard at it good (laughs) and trying to keep myself motivated Good. Well, when I was thinking about this podcast and bringing y'all in again, I was kind of thinking about that Michael Jordan, do you want the ball kind of thing. But I was also thinking, and I kind of still told before we started, um, I remember distinctly, I, I was not a great athlete, but when I played basketball in high school, there was a nail in the floor of our basketball court right at the three 
the free throw line and I had to line my toe up with it to shoot free throws and then I had to bounce the ball three times and I had to spin it in my hands before I could shot the free throw. It was kind of my like ritual every time, right? And then watching, you know, my son, he has to quill his rope so many times and swing it so many times and do certain things and then hearing about all the like superstitions and rodeo of don't put your hat on the bed and you can't wear yellow and things like that, right? So I wonder, I want to know about like any um, superstitions that you have or any rituals that you have for competition, like either before or during or, you know, what, what are your things? Um, for me, when I was little, um, we used, there's those little, uh, not carabiners, but the ones with the screws on them that you can open and close mm-hmm. or screw open and screw close. I used to have one of those on my uh, belt loop. So that was kind of like my little good luck charm. And as I got older and got more competitive with roping, um, when I back in the box, I take a deep breath in and let it out. And the calf has to stand there for like one, two, three, and then I'll nod. Okay. And of course the earphones, I can't forget the earphones. Yeah, don't forget, like so crazy to me, <laughs> so crazy, yeah. Um, a lot of people have told me, they said, we always know when you're fixing to go, you take a big old deep breath in and exhale it. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of like helps everything like just slow way down and kind of go into slow-mo. Yeah. It's surprising how many kids hold their breath and they don't don't realize it until you're like, hey, breathe. (laughs) You know, I've been enough back there enough to be like, hey, don't forget to breathe, kid. Yeah. All right, cool. Okay. So the headphones, take a deep breath. All right. So I have like weird ones. Oh, I can't wait. I can't (laughs) wait. So like I have to drink coconut water. Okay. And then do you, do you guys know what liquid IV is? Yes. Yeah. Wait, but you actually like coconut water? Yes, like real actually, plain coconut yes, water? Yes, like plain. <sighs> Not with the pulp, though. I don't like the pulp. Okay, that is disgusting. I, I cannot. water. Mm-mm. Who really? Dr- who drinks that? Me. <laughs> I mean, it's so good for you, but uh-huh. no. Mm-mm, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I drink. Okay, before, well, I'm real proud of you, and I wish you. I could do it, too. Thank you. Before okay. every game, so I drink coconut water, I drink a liquid IV, and then I have to have my coffee. Okay, I was like, wait, you're real real hydrated. How do you not have to pee in the middle of the game? (laughs) But then you have the coffee. Yeah, I bet you do have to pee. You just had three things and some caffeine. Yeah, and then, okay, so I do that. But that's like even before I go to the gym. And then I go to the gym. I put everything on. And then like I literally have to go there an hour before we start warm up. So like, so our game's at two. We have to be on the court by one. But I get there at 12, and okay. I just shoot for, like, an hour. I shoot, sit on, like, the bench, I guess. Sometimes I'll talk to the other coach just to see, like, what's how he's doing or how <laughs> she's doing. And then I just shoot for, like, an hour, and then I'm ready. Just, like, at your own pace, mm-hmm. just kind of in your own space? Yes. Yeah. What if somebody, another teammate, comes in and talks to you? Is that cool? Or you? Yeah. Just oh, yeah, that's space? cool. No, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. I prefer that. At least they're getting extra shots up. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So. so you're laid back. You're not super stressed yeah. out, and it's not no. like, I'm in my own bubble. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me. No, no, not at all. But I have to have those three things. Or, like, if I, like, I legit bring, sometimes, like, when we go out of town, like, I'll bring a huge bottle of coffee, and I'll bring my coconut water, and I'll bring extra IVs. Like, it's a must for those three things. I have so many questions right now. Like, what do you do if you're in the middle of a quarter, and you have to go to the bathroom? I just hold it, like, and I wait till halftime. Has that happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's happened. Are you, like, so distracted and miserable? Like, oh, God, I need to run. No. I I really, like, no, I don't (laughs) even feel it. But, like, once I, like, once the quarter ends, I'll run to the bathroom. Like, Or once, like, halftime ends, I'll run to the bathroom. Emphasis on run. Run. Yeah. (laughs) You'll see me run, man. And, like, no one get in my way. Yeah, literally. Not block me. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. 
So how did that become your ritual? How did you figure out that was your thing? I don't know. So it started, like, so, like, liquid IV just came about, like, I don't know, like, three years ago, maybe four. But I used to drink coconut water before every game. And then, like, all of a sudden, I drank coffee before a game. I think it was like my freshman year of college and I, I did so good and I was like maybe it's the coffee like knowing down well it's not but like you know I, that's just it just gives me a lot of energy too so yeah yeah do you drink coffee like during the regular rest of the week too or? yeah like I'll have a coffee every day but just black like I don't put sugar I just drink it like straight black your taste buds are crazy I don't know man. black coffee and coconut water mm-hmm. what are you what's your favorite thing to eat oh man pizza no, man. No? I don't eat bread. It's got to be something bland. I'm guessing. I like, I like soup. I will, honestly, you want me to tell you what I eat like almost every day? Eggs and chorizo. Every <laughs> okay. day. Okay. Wait, do you make it or where do you get it? Yeah, no, I make Well, I get the chorizo from Porter's. It's called okay. Peyton's. That's like really good chorizo. And mm-hmm. then I just get eggs and then like whip it up. I've honestly never tried chorizo. I'm scared what? of it. I don't know. It freaks it's me out. It's so good, man. Mm-hmm. Do you really like it? Good. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Oh, yeah. Pizza? Yeah. <sighs> I love me some pizza and Italian food, like pastas. Mm. <laughs> yeah, pasta's pretty good. Cool. Well, I want to be mindful of everybody's time, and I'm so glad that y'all came in and talked to me. This was so much fun. I hope yeah, that y'all enjoyed fun, it. Thank like, you. I could sit here and ask you a million more questions and keep talking to you and picking your brains because yeah. I really learned a lot, and this was super fascinating. I hope y'all enjoyed talking to each other and I hearing did. about each other's sports and yeah. mindsets a little bit. So thank you very much for joining me on Under the Brim today. Thank Again, you, we had Alexis Carmesino and Hannah Martin from Sul Ross State University. Thank you. Yeah. So what's up for the rest of the day now? I'm going to get food. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm going to coffee. Go, I'm going to go take a nap, and then we got conditioning at five. Yeah. A nap sounds. That's that's, yeah. that's my that's my third day. I'm going to cook your food, take a nap. But you just said coffee. Are you going to be able to sleep after you drink coffee? Oh yeah. What? No, I have I, a, I have like ADD ADHD. And so, like, coffee will either, depending on where I'm going mm-hmm. or on what side of the fence I'm on, coffee will either wind me up or put me to sleep. I can drink a bang and go straight to sleep. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. I don't drink energy drinks. Those, I can't. I can't handle it. I You're like. so <laughs> holistic. I'm so impressed and proud. Like what? I can't, man. We want to be Alexis when we grow up. Boy, I Coconut water you, and no carbs. No, I like my pizza. I'm good. I'll, I'll keep my pizza. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, enjoy your naps and whatever else you got going on. I got to go teach a yoga class. Oh, okay.